All right, this quote's for you, Jackie. <laughs> you are a brute, a sneak, a criminal. The people say you are the smartest boy of all those your own age in Ithaca. It is not true. You are insane. Was that good? There's a lot of emotion. <laughs> There's always a lot of emotion. <laughs> Welcome to Fire the Canon, the podcast where we read the books in the Western canon and decide if they belong or not. Our opinions are objective. I'm Rachel. I'm Jackie. And I'm Theo, the producer. And you have joined us for the fourth and final episode about Homer's classic, The Odyssey. Claps for us. Claps for you guys for making it this far. Thank you, Nell. (laughs) Yeah, thanks to our listener. Thanks to all of our listener. So in honor of the final podacy episode i oiled myself up and i'm drinking some red wine really yeah really and i'm gonna put more oil on throughout the episode as you can see <laughs> godlike gosh i actually made a note of every time someone gets oiled up. are you gonna put it on every time they mention oil in the book man we should have been doing that every time <laughs> yeah we should have we should take a shot of oil every time they... we should kill a pig every time they do <laughs> the problem is that my hair is so thin if i put oil on every time it'll be disgusting so when we left you last time odysseus had finally made it back to ithaca you'd think the story would be over but no there's a lot more <laughs> like a lot more <laughs> so he was dumped unceremoniously under a bush and that is where our hero lies took a little nap and he woke up and he was ready to go yeah, we're, we're just waiting for Odysseus to be reunited with his family, which is all he's wanted for so long. And he just, he delays it with a bunch of bullshit. I wasn't as much of a fan of this part, but would you like me to go ahead and just kind of jump into the, the stories here? Yeah, I will say one thing is book 14, A Loyal Slave, is basically a useless book of lies. It should be called A Useless Book of Lies. Like apart from it being fiction. Pretty Little Liar. Referring to the book. Yes, that's, that could be another title for... And he's not pretty, though. He's been transformed. Sometimes he's pretty. Sometimes uh, Athena pours handsomeness from head to toe. Well, no, in this book, he starts off as kind of an uggo, I hate to say, um, because Athena's so kind that she's turned him into an old, shriveled man. Is that the word she uses? Uh, he spends most of the final book shriveled, in fact. You'll see. So like I said, he's been transformed into an old man, and he decides he's going to drop in on one of his favorite old servants, who is the swineherd Eumaeus. Not a servant, a slave. Slave, sorry. You're right, you're right. I'm sorry, Emily Wilson. He's a slave. (laughs) The book makes that very clear. (laughs) She makes some distinction between who is a servant and who is a slave. There are no servants. Oh, okay. Got it. The translator says other translations often refer to them as servants, which kind of elides the reality of the time. So she makes a point in her introduction of saying like, yeah, I called them slaves because that's what they were and that's what the original text calls them. I don't know if this is actually how it was in ancient Greece, but everybody seems to love being Odysseus' slave. Like, so (laughs) Odysseus gets inside. He doesn't know it's him because he's all old and shriveled. And Eumaeus instantly starts talking about how much he misses Odysseus and how great he is. And it's like, it's been 20 years. That's a little weird that that's just the first thing you say. I was surprised he didn't talk about pigs instead, you know? He's a pig. What is he, a pig keeper? He's a swine herd. Yeah. Swine herd. Yeah. I mean, pigs are much more part of his daily reality than Odysseus being gone. 
<laughs> His kind old slave Eumaeus really misses him. Odysseus is not that great, shouldn't be missed that much. So he tells Eumaeus that, oh, Odysseus will be back soon. And then he tells a huge lie about his background and his circumstances. It takes many pages. He makes up this very involved story about himself where he's like, this is my dad's name. This is my grandpa's name. Like, this is how my grandparents met and got married like he just goes really really in depth into this bizarre lie that there's no need for <laughs> and it's like 20 pages <laughs> me think the gentleman doth protest too much <laughs> but Eumaeus doesn't fall for it Eumaeus is probably my favorite person in the whole story Eumaeus says nice story but you seem like a liar yeah Whoa. that's true but he doesn't he doesn't know what he's lying about he thinks he's lying because he wants Penelope to give him clothes so he just keeps telling people, I'm not Odysseus, but he's he's coming back, don't worry. And everyone's like, you're just a beggar, you're just here trying to get stuff, but because you're a stranger and we have to treat you nicely, here, have my bed, I'll go sleep with the pigs. That's what you may have Wait, 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 isn't, isn't Odysseus famous for his skills of deception? And then he says one lie to this slave, and the slave immediately is like, I bet you're lying. <laughs> I think, well, he says it nicer. He, he's just like, well, that was a really great story. What a story, old man. What a story, Mark. <laughs> so then he gives Odysseus his own bed and he goes to sleep with the pigs, even though he thinks he's a liar. Yeah, and Odysseus is like, nice work. He's really looking after my property when he goes to sleep with the pigs. Yeah, that's what this dick does. He shows up and he's just like lying about who he is so that he can see if everybody is doing a good job of still being his slave, even though they think he's dead. This part really really made me not like him even more. All right, that's the end of book 14, a book of useless lies. It was so useless. <laughs> I made a ton of notes of things I thought were interesting and not a single note was made for book 14, A Loyal Slave. Here's my theory. What if everyone knows exactly who Odysseus is and he hasn't really been lost at all, but he's had this <laughs> odd delusion <laughs> that he's been gone and he's been on all these adventures. So whenever they see him, they, they play along and they're like, oh, we sure miss Odysseus. He was great. Well, some of them don't. Some of them kick him and throw things at him, torches and stuff. Good excuse to kick him if you want. This guy's not Odysseus. <laughs> yeah. So you think it was all a dream and he just woke up in the bushes? <laughs> Possibly, because everybody seems to instantly start talking about how much they love this guy as soon as he meets them. All right, book 15, I'll, I'll make this fast. So Athena... The prince returns. Um, Athena has gone to get back Telemachus from the place that she sent him to. So as a reminder, he's hanging out with uh, Pisistratus, who is the son of Nestor the horse lord. Uh, he's the long-winded guy. And long-faced. Because he's a horse. <laughs> so he's hanging out with Helen and Menelaus, and Athena's like, hey, what are you doing here? You need to come home. And he's like, you made me come here. Oh, there's one funny part. When they're like, we have to go home, Menelaus says, I disapprove of too much friendliness and of too much standoffishness. A balance is best. So that's his way of being <laughs> like, yeah, sure, you can leave, whatever. <laughs> it's like they have to... They think that they have to insist the person lives with them forever, or it's rude. <laughs> Telemachus and Pisistra to set off. They're going back to Pylos, which is where Nestor lives, because that's on the way back to Ithaca. And Telemachus says, hey, please don't be offended when I say this, but do not ever tell your dad that I'm here because he's going to talk to me and I don't have time for that. So he flees. <laughs> he also has a little speech where he's like, look, I know we're really good friends because our dads were friends. And then we went on this long quest together. So now we're great friends. So I'm asking you as your best friend, like, don't tell your dad I'm here. 
So he's like, okay, I won't tell him. Like, hurry, go to your boat, leave right away, or my dad's gonna make you stay so he can talk to you. Run, Nestor the horse lord. What if he gives you more presents? I mean, I can kind of understand that, not wanting to get caught in a conversation. Uh, yeah, but you don't have to lie. Just be like, a literal god told me I have to go home right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know? All of his conversations have taken days, sometimes weeks, so I understand. Anyway, back in Ithaca, um, Eumaeus and Odysseus are just kind of shooting the shit as two old dudes do. Um, Eumaeus convinces Odysseus. Eumaeus, I think, is younger, I think he's younger because he said that, like, Odysseus's mom raised him alongside her youngest daughter. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they were almost, so, like, So maybe siblings. he's, like, 32 or something like that, yeah. I kind of thought of Eumaeus as being ancient this whole time. I don't know why. Well, later on, he, like, he's fighting with all the other young people, and there are times where they're like, this particular guy is so old, but he's still fighting, but they don't say that about Eumaeus, so I don't think he's old. Well, anyway, um, Eumaeus convinces Odysseus to kind of hang out with him a little longer because Odysseus wants to go into the city to beg and, I guess, like, spy and see what the situation in Ithaca is. So Odysseus is like, okay, that's cool. I'll stay here. I still get the bed, though. You get the pigs. Telemachus arrives back, though, and he tells his friend, like, I can't invite you home because these guys would kill you. And then there's another bird omen, which is just a hawk kills a pigeon. And then his friend is like, oh my gosh, this means that your family will be the kings of Ithaca forever. <laughs> if a hawk killed a pigeon in front of you, what do you think that would portend? Like, that that bird was hungry. I mean, I, I know not to open my mouth about fortune telling because usually people get pretty mad, you know? People threaten to kill you. <laughs> Did anyone threaten to kill anyone this time? No. Telemachus was like, if this were true, I would give you so many presents everyone would be impressed by our friendship <laughs> so but yeah telemachus he does decide that he's like i'm not gonna go straight home i'm gonna go athena like told him don't go home go talk to the pig man which of us has not been able to invite a friend inside because they would be murdered immediately the people mm -hmm. trying to hook up with their mom they're just so murderous <laughs> um so book 16 what's the title rachel father and son Aww. It's like us. And that's us. Um, so Telemachus, uh, as Rachel said, goes to Eumaeus's hut. And there he meets Odysseus, who has apparently been so convincingly concealed by Athena that his own son doesn't recognize him. Granted, his own son was a baby. Yeah. Still is kind of a baby, but... Um... So I think it's less impressive, actually, that his son didn't recognize him. <laughs> so anyway, he meets Odysseus, doesn't recognize him. Again, Odysseus is a giant goober who sobbed every single day he was on Calypso's island because he missed his family so much. But when he sees his son, he shows not a single emotion and he just makes up some more lies about who he is. Um, yep. He insists Odysseus will be back soon. And Telemachus is like, yeah, right. Which Telemachus switches back and forth a lot, right? Like, I know. Like he knows Odysseus is alive. So I don't know why he keeps being like, whatever, old dude, when the guy says, yeah, you're right. He's alive. Right. And then every time the suitor's bringing it up, he's like, my dad's alive. And then yeah, he's coming back. But then every time someone tells him about Odysseus, he's like, shut up. He's dead. Yeah, really? <laughs> so Telemachus is like, yeah, right. That's not a thing. Then as if to show that that whole ruse was pointless, Odysseus just transforms back into his young self and they both fall on each other and weep. So I don't know why he bothered to lie in the first place. The pig man gets sent away so he doesn't see what happens. 
Yeah, right. Eumaeus is not watching this. And then Athena turns him back, and she makes him even hotter and taller than he was before. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Which, why does his son care? <laughs> I know, like, he's the only one who's going to see it. Okay, it goes, And then Athena touched him using a golden wand and dressed him up in a fine, clean cloak and tunic, and she made him taller and younger looking. He became tanned, and his cheeks filled out, and on his chin, the beard grew dark. And so her work was done, and off she flew. And Telemachus was like, damn, Dad, sexy. <laughs> Major glow up. He says, you look great. You look like a freaking god. But actually, Theo, you might be interested in this. He tells him his skin has improved. Oh. Rachel, do you want to go ahead and tell that story? Because I sort of feel like we've tried to bring it up like four times now. So when we were young teens, I mean, average age teen, like 15, 16. Start over. That was really weird. <laughs> okay. So when the three of us were teens, we met at a summer camp for nerds. And when we saw each other, like later on after the camp was over, we went to school for a while. We see each other again, maybe six months later. And Jackie says to Theo, wow, your skin has improved. Which I thought was a really nice compliment and apparently was yeah, not. Yeah, it should be a compliment. But then like two yeah. years later, Theo wrote a short story in which um, the Jackie character is killed by pterodactyls. Uh, well, the, okay. The story to death by pterodactyls. <laughs> and he says, now whose skin has improved? And that's when we realized it had been bothering him for years. For two years. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Explain yourself. Okay, there's some justification. Well, it was a parody of Jurassic Park, and we each were one of the characters in Jurassic Park. Mm -hmm. And Jackie was the mad genius Dr. Harmon whose creation would destroy her. And it was not pterodactyls, it was the Compsognathus. Oh, well, that's better. <laughs> yeah, now we realize we were the weird ones. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand why you don't get it. I didn't think it was that weird, to be honest. I thought it was something we all remembered, and so I was just calling upon this thing that we were all remembering. But but then uh, Rachel told me it was the weirdest thing I had ever done. At that time. <laughs> I don't think you've ever said to me, and probably not to Jackie, that it didn't bother you that you thought that all of us were aware of it and thought it was like a funny one-liner. Like, I'm, Jackie and I both thought, we both had not given a single thought to that since then, and our impression was that you were just lying in wait for your revenge. And you never corrected that assumption until now. <laughs> because to me, all I was like, oh, hi, good to see you again. Nice skin. <laughs> yeah, it was probably a bad thing to say. I wouldn't say that to someone now. I would love it. People say that to me all the time. They always say like, oh, your skin looks great, and I love it. No, that's different. That's different than saying it improved. I think we all know what I meant, though, which was your skin is not as bad as it was last time I saw you. But I mean, we were young teen. We were average teens. We were average age teens. Now he's going to have to leave that in. <laughs> so Telemachus or Odysseus says, now whose skin is improved? Mine. Yeah, mine's the skin that's improved. Mine's the skin that's improved. Hey, everybody. This is Theo just jumping in during the editing process because I thought maybe there's a little more I could add in my defense. Uh... I remember exactly how this went down, and part of what helped sear it into my memory was how quickly Jackie noticed. The girl didn't wait a beat. Basically, she walked in, saw me, looked away, looked down even, then said, your skin has improved. So just picture that. It's time to take sides. Right in. Let Jackie know how you feel. All right, back to the podcast. 
Can we go back to a previous point? Which which one? So if Athena had the ability to make him a much taller, more attractive man. A hotter man, yeah. Do you think you would you would have preferred to have her disguise you as an old shriveled man or <laughs> a much more attractive man? The thing is he wanted to see how everyone would treat him if he were shriveled i guess which is a weird thing to do for a guy who enslaves hundreds of people yeah like come on he does a lot of bad things later you're about to see like think about what he did to polyphemus he does worse things okay sorry back to odysseus and telemachus they cry and then odysseus is like all right um that was really nice being able to reunite with you let's talk about how to kill the suitors they do that and so Odysseus's idea is Telemachus has to hide all the weapons in the palace so that the suitors won't be able to have any. And also he's not allowed to tell anyone that Odysseus is back. In the palace, the suitors hear that Telemachus has made it back to Ithaca without being murdered and they're not happy. They're like, well, we've got to kill him another way. One suitor does say like, let's not kill him. And then this, the narrative is like, but even this didn't save him. He still was going to get slaughtered. No. <laughs> Book 17, Insults and Abuse. Insults and Abuse, that's exactly what this is. It gives us insight into the character of the suitors, some of whom are completely awful and some of whom are okay. Just like the one Rachel just mentioned. What's his name? Amphibious? Amphibious. Capable of living both <laughs> terrestrially and aquatically. That's good character. Eurymachus is the bad, is one bad guy. Antinous is... The worst guy. Well, we've already been introduced to them, right? There's a guy named Leodes and Amphinous. Amphinous? What is it? <laughs> <laughs> I forgot the name because you keep calling me amphibious. The infamous amphiminous. <laughs> amphinimous. So anyway, he's fine. Yeah, he seems totally normal. They spend a lot of time going into, you know, these different people and how some of them are better than others. How did their grandparents um, get together? We don't get to learn that. <laughs> you only learn that if it's not true. Oh, I see. But yeah. But it doesn't matter because they're all violently murdered in the end anyway. Oh, spoilers, Jackie. Everybody knew that the whole time. It says that there's foreshadowing right know. here. That's face. not how the Wishbone episode ended. <laughs> I actually think it is. Rachel, you just said it. You said even that couldn't save well, him. Well, you too late. You missed your chance to say spoilers to me. So now, you know, oh, the yeah. time has passed. Rachel called spoilers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway, book 17. You might get a chance later. The thing about insults and abuse is I was so excited about the insults and abuse but there actually wasn't that much more than normal. And there were some really good insults in later books. Maybe that's just because nothing else happened. Yeah. <laughs> um, Odysseus gets kicked by a goat herd. There's some abuse. Um, kicking tends to be abuse. He goes to the palace as a beggar. He asks all the suitors to give him food, and they all do, except for Antinous, who gives him a face full of footstool. Telemachus is, again, extremely a huge dick to his mom. Like, when he shows up, and she thought he was going to be murdered, she had not seen him in so long, she goes, Telemachus, sweet light, I was so sure that I would never see you anymore, and I heard you went to go meet your dad, what, you know, what did you learn? And then he goes, mother, do not try to make me upset or stir my feelings, I survived the danger, go upstairs and take your bath. Put on clean clothes and take your women with you into your bedroom. <laughs> and it says his words hit home. It's like, what are you talking about the words hit home? <laughs> For Homer's audience. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't it be great if when you were telling a story, you could just say, and that part really hit home. Yeah. And everyone who was listening to you like, oh, wow. That's what they do in a lot of like young adult books that are poorly written. It'll be like, yeah, she was beautiful and everyone admired her. And, but it doesn't actually show that happening or anything, or it'll be like, he was so witty. 
but they don't actually <laughs> show him saying anything clever. <laughs> One insult I thought was really funny, like quite good, is that, yeah, Eumaeus is talking to the suitors and one of the suitors says you foul pig man where are you taking this old swine (laughs) and people keep calling him like a disgusting pig man like a foul pig man throughout the rest of the book oh no and poor Eumaeus is like the best guy (laughs) I know but also like calling him a pig man why is that insulting Penelope should have married Eumaeus I mean she wouldn't have met you may as if it weren't for her husband, though, right? You gotta give it up to Odysseus. <laughs> he has the best slaves. Is that what you mean? <laughs> <laughs> okay, the other part I thought was really sad. This is what I was surprised by when Jackie was like, whatever, these books have nothing good in them. There was the most touching part in the entire... Oh, about the dog! Yes, yeah. the entire book. But Rachel, this isn't a good part. This part is horrible. It's a good part. It's touching. So with the, the good part no, is that stupid. this dog is more than 20 years old. That's pretty good. But as soon as he sees Odysseus, he's, he recognizes him and then he Let immediately... Wait, let's read it. Let's read it. Do you want to read the passage or do you want me to read it? Yes, I would like to read the passage. Are you going to cry? No. Okay. <laughs> no. I've had to edit out so many cries from Jackie. <laughs> Go ahead, Jackie. Every time a hawk eats a pigeon, I'm just in tears. But it's a good thing. It's a good thing, Jackie. <laughs> it means their family will be kings forever. <laughs> yeah. All right. So as they spoke, Argos, the dog that lay there, raised his head and ears. Odysseus had trained this dog, but with no benefit. He left too soon to march on Holy Troy. The master gone, boys took the puppy out to hunt wild goats and deer and hares, but now he lay neglected, without an owner, in a pile of dung for mules and cows. So Argos lay there dirty, covered with fleas, and when he realized Odysseus was near, he wagged his tail, and both his ears dropped back. He was too weak to move towards his master. At a distance, Odysseus had noticed, and he wiped his tears away and hid them easily, and said, You may ask, it is strange this dog is lying in the dung. He looks quite handsome, though it is hard to tell if he can run or if he is a pet, a table dog, kept just for looks. So I'm going to skip forward a bit. The dog dies immediately. (laughs) So Eumaeus says, while you've been gone, or while Odysseus has been gone, nobody has been looking after this dog. Which, so Odysseus crying about the dog made me like him a little more, but then hearing that nobody is looking after him makes me really mad at Telemachus and, in fact, Penelope. Like, why would they not look after the dog? Right. So with that, the swineherd went inside the palace to join the noble suitors. Twenty years had passed since Argo saw Odysseus, and now he saw him for the final time. Then suddenly, Black Death took hold of him. That's it. Never mentioned again. But that's a good death for the dog. Like, he's happy when he dies because he sees his master. Also, it's cute. I mean, he's the only one who recognized him, actually. He's the first one to recognize Odysseus. You're right. I just think it's sad that... It's touching. Admit it. (laughs) She's admitting it. (laughs) It seems a little easy, right? Like, that's what an easy way to, to, you know, pull at our heartstrings, right? Oh, I thought you were going to say an easy way to die. (laughs) Yeah, it's cowardly. (laughs) Should have died in battle. What I think is so interesting is that, like, 2,000-something years later, we're still touched by that moment. Like, so much other stuff in the Odyssey is, we're just like, this is bullshit, this is bullshit, whatever, why are people acting like this, this is so weird, but there's this moment with the dog, and we're still like, wow, that's great, like, that's touching. Well, that's great for us, but Argos 
It didn't say he was happy. It said Black Death took him. He wagged his tail. It says he saw his master <laughs> and he wagged his tail and he relaxed his ears. And then he was able to, like, he died happily. He gave it one last wag. Black Death took him. But also I'm mad. Why didn't Odysseus pet him? Like, you can pet a dog even if you're not his long lost master. Maybe that wasn't something they did back then. They didn't pet dogs? They might not have. I don't know. Let's look it up. <laughs> yeah, Google it. Well, Odysseus says to Eumaeus, oh, I don't know if that is a dog that's supposed to be pet or not. Granted, I didn't read it, but I'm not particularly affected by this because I don't feel like we knew the dog at any point. It seems like he was just introduced to die like a few pages later. Like Elpinor. <laughs> yeah. Elpinor. <laughs> we loved him. Wait, do you love Elpinor or Eumaeus more? La Pina. I have to say, Elpinor gave me the greatest joy out of everything in this whole Odyssey. In this whole world. His death was hilarious. Yeah, that was so good. <laughs> this is why I suspect that Homer didn't do very much revision. <laughs> See, don't you think if, if he revised it, he would think, you know, maybe we can throw in a line or two about the dog back in book one or something, so... When he comes back, it's more poignant. Yeah, just be like, Odysseus hoped his dog was alive. <laughs> the part where he's sobbing on the shore, they could just say, and he also misses his dog. Odysseus frowned, thinking about the dog that he was missing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, well, we got to move on here. There are some funny insults later. Do you want to hear some funny insults or no? Sure, and then explain the sneeze, and then we got to move on. Antinous calls Odysseus a bare-faced beggar, and then Odysseus calls him a handsome idiot. <laughs> And then Antinous gets so mad, he goes, you insult me. <laughs> Which, that's not that bad. He just called him a himbo. By bareface, do you mean B-A-R-E or B-E-A-R? Because maybe B-E-A-R-faced would actually be like a compliment. Yeah, but we know it's an insult because the chapter is called Insults and Abuse. Oh, oh, oh <laughs> Yeah, okay. that's how we know. <laughs> it wasn't compliments and cuddles. Right, exactly. The sneeze is so, so weird because Penelope says something like, she says, if Odysseus comes back to his own native land, he and his son will soon take vengeance for their violence. Talking about the suitors. And then Telemachus, who was not involved in the conversation whatsoever, sneezes loudly. And Penelope laughs and tells Eumaeus, look at that, my son just sneezed. That means all the suitors <laughs> will die. No one can save them from their ruin now. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she did laugh, so maybe that was because she knew it was such a ridiculous thing to say. But it just reminded me of, like, a mom with, a like, a baby or a toddler, and it's like, oh, he sneezed, but he's 20 years old. Look, he sneezed. Yeah, that means everyone's gonna die. <laughs> Isn't that weird? I just, I'm kind of curious about that. I guess people sneezed less often back then. I don't know. Everybody can't die every time you sneeze, right? Maybe, I, but she says he sneezed at what I said. So I'm wondering if she's saying like, maybe it's like, if you say something and someone sneezes right after, that means this thing you said will come true. But then, you know, there's that saying that says, well, that's nothing to sneeze at, meaning like you should take this seriously. But they're using it the opposite way. He sneezed at what I said, therefore it's really true. Yeah, therefore it's true. It is something to sneeze at. They're confused about sneezing. Yeah. yeah. Well, I just thought that was hilarious. You know how dogs can like do reverse sneezing? You mean like sniffing? No, no, no. Like they sneeze backwards. No, but it's now I I bet Argos did that. Oh yeah, that's a good theory. Maybe Telemachus did that and then Penelope knew this is the opposite of a normal sneeze. Yeah. Yeah, keep that in, Theo. That was good. Okay. Dogs can sneeze backwards. <laughs> they can. They can know. Talk, I'm going to look it up. <laughs> no, we don't have time. <laughs> 
reverse sneeze in dogs. There's YouTube videos. It's a phenomenon observed in dogs, particularly in those with brachycephalic skulls. So like Theo's fa dad's favorite, um, the bulldog. <laughs> I thought you were saying that's his dad's favorite kind of skull. <laughs> Old dad, the phrenologist. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many pictures of dogs sneezing. <laughs> that's pretty good. Okay. I'm going to post these on our Instagram. Oh, do we have one? Oh, yeah. We do? Well, soon. Uh, soon. Okay. Oh, soon. <laughs> the first pictures for the Odyssey are just going to be dogs sneezing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You'll get it once you get to episode four. Uh... Listeners, aren't you glad you finally get it? <laughs> if you want to unravel the mystery of these sneezing dog pics, listen to our podcast. <laughs> listen to the past five minutes of this podcast. <laughs> Book 18 is called The Two Beggars, and I only had one thing I wanted to say about it, and then you can explain it, which is they the first mention of oil in this section pops up. Ooh, oil yourself up. Yeah, well, this is the first time Penelope gets oiled, because she says she wants to show off how hot she is to the suitors, and uh, another slave says, you should wash and oil your skin, but she refuses. So anyway, there you go. All right, Jackie, you want to tell us the plot? <laughs> Two beggars. Odysseus gets taunted by a beggar named Iris, and the suitors urge them to fight for their entertainment. But this beggar is very fat. They make it clear to us. He's fat and he's weak. Mm. <laughs> now Theo likes him. <laughs> so Odysseus pretends to be weak, and he makes a big deal out of talking about how he's an old man, so he makes the suitors promise they're not going to help Iris because that wouldn't be fair. So then Odysseus takes off all his rags and you can imagine him just throwing them off and a bright light just illuminating the scene. And you see that he is ripped and then everybody is like, oh, dang, that's unfortunate. Athena makes him more muscular, actually. More muscular, yeah. He tears his clothes off and she gives him even, He make, she makes him more buff and then everyone's shocked. Eventually, <laughs> this is going to take a toll on his skeletal system like you can't just keep <laughs> infinitely making people bigger and taller and more muscular <laughs> and less muscular and shriveled <laughs> yeah i mean he's got to be really just going through the ringer <laughs> they say what muscles underneath the old man's rags but they're like oh crap well we already swore we wouldn't help so we can't help so odysseus beats the shit out of iris and he breaks his jaw and then just leaves him on the ground and i'm assuming he dies because you can't just have a broken jaw in ancient Greece. I feel like when keeping your disguise requires you to break someone's jaw, maybe it's time to quit the disguise. Like, why did he do this? He says he wants him to keep dogs and pigs away. Like, he puts him by the gate and he says, sit there and keep the dogs and pigs away. He says, don't bully visitors and beggars or you'll suffer even worse than this. I don't know how you can suffer worse than having your jaw broken. Get murdered. Like, there's other ways. Get your jaw cut off. And dogs and pigs are scared of a rotting body? Is that he's, what's going He's on? not dead. He's alive. He has a broken jaw. <laughs> and he's rotting while he's alive. Yeah. Oh, so he's just supposed to say, like, shoo, shoo. Yeah. He gives him a staff, and he's like, look, this is how you're going to have to make money from now on. Sit here and keep away animals, and maybe someone will give you yeah, something. Yeah, like, this is all you're good for now. So in the palace, Penelope... Um, keeps crying and everyone keeps reminding her, hey, that's like really bad for your skin. Stop messing up your beauty. And she's, you know, like an idiot just keeps being sad anyway. But then Athena comes and uh, transforms her into her full beauty and makes her taller too. And whiter. That didn't age well. As we established several books ago, Odysseus really likes how Calypso was taller than Penelope. So I guess maybe now they're the same height. Maybe, maybe now she's almost as good as the goddess. Yeah, maybe. 
she shows up and she shows all her beauty to the suitors and Odysseus and Telemachus are there and um, she's like, okay, well, I guess I have to marry one of you now. So she says, Odysseus used to be able to string this massive bow and shoot an arrow through 12 shields in a row. Um, Axe heads. Sorry, axe heads. Whoever can do that, I'll marry. And she's laughing and uh, we don't know if she's laughing because... There are some signs that she may have recognized Odysseus already by this point, but maybe she's not sure, or maybe she's just kind of enjoying her own power. So we don't really know what's going on inside her head. She also tells them, like, you guys should be giving me presents. So then all the suitors are like, you're right, let's give you presents. Why did it take so long for them to come to I that? know, just, or why didn't she say that <laughs> earlier? Odysseus says, it says, Odysseus, who had endured so much, was happy she was secretly procuring presents. <laughs> I just what universe do you go and try to win someone's affection by saying give me all your food and I give you nothing like why did it take them so long and then they they basically just go and like give her one little thing each and then she's like okay I mean it's like fancy stuff they give her a bunch of jewelry and expensive clothes any nice bowls well, Telemachus already has the best bowl I don't think she gets a bowl but there is a there is a bowl coming up later I think maybe not maybe we already passed that we also meet another slave girl named Melantho who is the sister of a rude slave boy and we find out that even though Penelope raised her like a daughter she's not listening to Penelope anymore and is being rude and sleeping with one of the suitors Eurymachus in fact so what punishment do you think she deserves for that (laughs) (laughs) probably something horrible yeah (laughs) um yeah several of the slave girls have been secretly sneaking out and having liaisons with the suitors and which I don't see what the problem is whatever Like, as long as they want to. But Odysseus is furious about it, and it's like, these are the guys who are trying to steal your wife. Why do you care? (laughs) That's so confusing. (laughs) He's like, they're disrespecting my wife by sleeping with the guys who want to steal her away from me. Like, these guys (laughs) might not even turn out to be the one that she gets together with, right? So, like, what? I think he considers it a betrayal of himself. Like, they should be more loyal to me than to sleep with some guys who would like to have how much money I have. (laughs) It doesn't make sense why he's mad. I get why he'd be mad that she's rude to his wife, but I don't see what the problem is of her sleeping with one of the suitors. And she's really rude to him when she doesn't know that he's Odysseus. So she's like, you're insane. You came here talking all high and mighty. And she says, watch out. A better man may fight you soon and punch your face so hard. You will be kicked out of this house, all drenched in blood. And then Odysseus says, you little dog, I will soon go and tell Telemachus what you have said so he can slice you limb from limb. They're very trumpy in that they keep using dog as an insult. (laughs) They'll call people dog-like women. Yeah, they do it again in the next book as well. (laughs) So he's basically like, I'm going to have Telemachus destroy you. And she's like, why is this old beggar man saying that? (laughs) Why would Telemachus dismember someone for the beggar man? You have no power, beggar man. So, so that he like he talks to the suitors, and some of them are rude to him again. But Amphinomus it defends him, and is like, "Leave the old man alone." And then everyone goes to bed, and that's the end of the book. <laughs> like he's just wasting time. They should have right. cut so much of this out. Like that's so much saying. of this is just useless. Why would anyone want to hear this? They should have made the other like the actual journey a lot longer. And shorten this. But instead he's like, no, they want to see him 
go up to every person in Ithaca and tell them each individually crafted lies about who he is. <laughs> <laughs> and my theory is that maybe this appeals to some type of like toxic masculinity that none of us can access. Like maybe men hearing this story told, you know, back in the day were like, I love all of the tension that's being built where they're all insulting him and we know he's just gonna like, it's building up his rage more and more. Freak mm. out on him. He's yeah. gonna freak out. Yeah, there's some creepy points where it's like, this guy insults Odysseus and it's like, he says nothing but smiles to himself as he thinks about how he's going to murder him later. It happens all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> multiple times <laughs> like when um when the goat herd kicked him um hold on edit edit this part out because i'm trying to find it but um da -da -da -da. jackie's crying again got it edited out oh no jackie yeah that's what's happening <laughs> da -da -da -da. <laughs> on page 451 the goat herd melanthius says to odysseus this is in book 20 so we're skipping ahead a little bit, but this happens all the time. He says, are you still here, still causing trouble with begging and annoying those inside? I promise you a beating if you stay. Your begging is not welcome. This is not the only place in Greece where there is food. Inscrutable Odysseus said nothing. He bowed his head in silence, contemplating his murderous plans. <laughs> Like, what a weirdo, right? He's such a freaking creep. <laughs> so, and this is back in book 17 with the same person, Melanthius the goat herd. <laughs> yeah, he's um, really not making things look good for himself. No, no. So Melanthius walks past Odysseus again in the guise of a beggar, lunges out and kicks him on the hip bone. What a fool. Um, Odysseus stood there fixed in place and wondered whether to rush at him armed with his stick and kill him or grab him by the ears and push him down onto the ground. Instead, he braced himself and kept his temper. Yeah, those are such big differences. Like, should I murder him or just give him a shove? <laughs> and instead, I did nothing. Yeah. yeah. Grab him by the ears and push him down to the ground? <laughs> You're going to grab his ears and push? Yeah, wouldn't you pull? I don't know. Maybe he's behind him. Maybe you're grabbing the ears, but also the head. Oh, maybe his ears are, like, attached to his shoulder. Okay. Yeah, now Theo buys it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so basically that's all that happens in book 18. So book 19 is called The Queen and the Beggar. In book 19, um, Telemachus and Odysseus are tightening up their plans to kill all the suitors. Um, Telemachus goes and hides all of the weapons like he was told to do. Penelope has been trying to grant Odysseus an audience this whole time, but he has refused up until now. Um, so still in his disguise, he now goes and talks to her. There's an oil scene too. She's like, oh, <laughs> let me have a slave girl clean your feet and put oil on you. And he's like, no, thanks. I only want my feet oiled by someone who's old and has suffered as much as I have. She's yeah. like, I know just the person. <laughs> <laughs> Odysseus is old <laughs> maid. Yeah. Yeah. His, the woman who was like his nanny growing up, who's also yeah. one of the good characters, Eurycleia. She's the one who Telemachus said, don't tell my mom that I'm gone. And she didn't. And then Penelope was like, I'll kill you. Yeah. Keep the secret. Right. Basically all that happens before this is Odysseus, again, several pages of lies to Penelope. And it's yeah. like, you, yeah. you wept for this woman Every day, and you finally see her, and all you do is show no emotion and just lie. Quit lying to your damn wife. Maybe I shouldn't be so enraged over this. I'm enraged. He makes her cry a whole bunch, her lovely cheeks dissolved with tears. She wept for her own husband who was right next to her. 
She cried a long, long time. <laughs> Odysseus the trickster. Yeah. At one point, he even says to his son, like, okay, I'm going to go make your mom cry. Get the camera ready. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> but yeah, okay. So the old slave woman is oiling him up and she finds a scar from his childhood and she realizes who he is and she's like, oh my gosh, it's so great to see you. And then he grabs her by the throat <laughs> and says, don't give me away. If you do, I will murder you along with everyone else. And she's like, I'm not going to tell anyone. Don't worry. <laughs> she's part of his murderous plan. But it's just like such a crazy overreaction. She she starts crying. She touches his beard and she says, my darling child, my master, I didn't know it was you. And then she's like starts to look at Penelope and then Odysseus chokes her and is like, be silent. Nanny, why are you trying to destroy me? Yeah, why are you trying <laughs> to destroy me? Penelope is still in the room? She is in the room, but it says Athena turned her mind aside. Yeah. So she so doesn't she, uh, notice that this is happening. I think there are some funny things before this, though. So, <laughs> again, why are well, you trying to destroy me? <laughs> <laughs> I'll kill you if you don't pretend you don't know it's me. It reminds me of that Eric Andre scene where he, like, shoots Hannibal and then is like, who would do this? <laughs> <laughs> who shot Hannibal? I just want to say, though, that, like, he's telling all these, like, elaborate lies to Penelope, and it just, yeah. over and over again, it talks about how, like, <laughs> These words increased her grief. She sobbed. She wept profusely. Um, and then he said, look, wife of Odysseus, stop ruining your pretty skin with tears. I don't blame you. He sounds really great, like a godlike hero, but stop your crying. He says that. <laughs> he says, stop your crying. Listen, he's coming home. He's alive and he's here. And then Penelope yeah. says some things that, again, kind of give us a little hint that she might know what's going on. Like when she tells Eurycleia to wash him, she says... Eurycleia, wash your master's age mate. By now, Odysseus himself must have old wrinkled feet and hands like these. We mortals grow old in fastest times of trouble. Which I'm sure he was like, no, this isn't me. Athena made me wrinklier. Like, this isn't my real self. I'm hotter. Mm, but she left the scars for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> so when, when she's like washing his feet, we get a little bit of a flashback to Odysseus's youth. And we see his grandfather, Autolycus, who was the best of all mankind at telling lies and stealing. So that grandfather actually names Odysseus and they say, what should we, what do you want to name your grandson? And he says, name him this. I am disliked by many all across the world and I dislike them back. So name the child Odysseus. Which, what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> There's no footnote. No, there is. At the back, the root of Odysseus is like to hate or to dislike people or something. Like odious. Yeah. What do you want to name your grandson? Well, I hate a lot of people and they all hate me all across the world. It's just everyone hates me and I hate them. So he has a great name. Let's call him Hate Boy. <laughs> and they really buried the lead because this explains a lot. Yeah. Um, okay. Another funny thing is, so Penelope tells him this dream that she had about 20 geese coming um, up to the house, and then a huge eagle comes down, broke the necks, and killed the geese. And she was sad. Yeah, she was sad. And so she says, what is the meaning of, of this dream? And Odysseus, well known for his intelligence, says... Well, Odysseus himself has already said how he'll fulfill it. It means he's going to ruin the suitors. No one can protect them from death. And she goes, eh, dreams are confusing. They don't all come true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then he thought murderous thoughts about her. Inscrutable Odysseus. 
going into this, I really did not expect this epic poem to have any time for like people just dismissing <laughs> what each other say. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like, why is it, it happening would, so much? You would lose probably this is like a five hundred page poem or whatever. You would literally probably lose a hundred pages if you took out parts where people are like, eh. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> and 150 if you took out all the parts where it's like, oh, this clear warning that just happened. Let's ignore that. Or just if you took out the parts where people just make stuff up for no reason, like it really doesn't serve no a purpose. Reason. Or the parts where people say, hey, I would love to sit and chalk with you until I die, but I have things to do yeah. that are so much less fun. So I have to go do those things. <laughs> Right. <laughs> um, so book 20, The Last Banquet. Ooh. Oh, can I say something about the beginning real quick? Sure. So he's mad in The Last Banquet. He sees some of the girls who were sleeping with the suitors, slipping outside, giggling and happy to be together. It says his heart was roused to rage. He wondered whether to jump at them and slaughter everyone or let them have one very final night with those proud suitors. So he's thinking about murdering them. And then he says to himself, be strong, my heart. You were hounded by worse the day the Cyclops ate your strong <laughs> companions, but you kept your nerve. So he's like, I'm so pissed that my slaves are having consensual sex with these boys that I want to murder them. And the only way to, to calm himself down is to be like, you've been through worse. Your best friends were crunched upon by Cyclops <laughs> in front of your eyes. You can handle this. <laughs> Which he's not wrong. That is some great self-talk, but... <laughs> but come on! Like, why did it have to get to that? Also, isn't that, like, the opposite of the advice, like, most anger management, like, people give? Like, think about the thing that made you the maddest to try to calm down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> well, basically, he's saying, like, he's like, you were able to keep your cool until the right moment when this really bad thing was happening, so don't murder them all now, because you can murder them all later. Yeah, and he reminds Finds himself how it was his cunning, his own cunning that saved him from the Cyclops. So and it'll save him again when he murders the <laughs> slave women. But just don't do it right now. Just yeah. wait a little bit. Isn't that crazy? But like what he had to say, you've been through worse. Your friends were eaten. <laughs> you can handle watching these young girls laughing and thinking you're dead. What a weirdo. He's such a freaking creep. He's such a creep. <laughs> he said the worst thing that he saw in all of his travels was um, when Scylla was crunching on his men as they called out his name. So he didn't even think oh, of yeah, that. Oh yeah, that was bad. He just was like, well, the Cyclops. Well, he didn't have to keep his cool, I guess, because there was nothing he could do about it. Yeah, I guess so. His cunning didn't get them away. He knew not to get angry though. <laughs> yeah. You don't get angry at Scylla. It's like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, in, in book 20, so that happens and he can't sleep cause he's so mad about those girls. And Athena comes to him and is like, why are you still awake? You should be sleeping. It's like, your wife is here. Your child is here. You're going to see them soon. And he does that thing that everybody keeps doing in this book where he, the whole time he's been so confident that he's going to slay all these suitors. But then he says to her, you know what, Athena, I can't sleep because I'm really afraid that, um, if I kill them, where am I going to run to escape my punishment? And then Athena's like, just trust me. He says, like, if you kill one person, their whole family will come after you. And I'm going to kill a hundred people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of thinking maybe I should be worried about their families now. <laughs> just occurred to me. <laughs> 
And so then um, Athena puts him to sleep. She goes um, to see Penelope and Penelope is awake and sobbing. And she says, Athena, I really wish you would just kill me now because I'm so sad. Oh, yeah. We see Telemachus the next morning. It says he's godlike again. He ties his sandals on his well-oiled feet. Put some oil on, Rachel. Glad to know the state of his feet. Yeah. (laughs) He wakes up first thing in the morning. His feet are already well-oiled. That's how you know when a boy is godlike. <laughs> I would be shook if, if they described him as like, Telemachus got out of bed and dressed and slung his sword across his back. He tied the sandals onto his dusty, dry feet. He had some dry ass feet. <laughs> crack, crack, his dry feet went as he <laughs> put his sandals upon them. <laughs> Leaving dusty little footprints all through the palace. I felt like that sentence I just said was more artful than most of the sentences you've read to me. Crack, crack. Yeah, there's not a lot of onomatopoeia in this book. <laughs> uh, there is one funny thing. I mean, not funny. Like, it makes me mad. I don't know why I said funny. But Telemachus, he thinks that his mom forced Odysseus to sleep on the ground. And he goes, this is just typical of mother. She may be clever, but she acts on whims. And the slave woman is like, no, no, no. She offered him a bed and food, but he turned it down. <laughs> So, like, why include that? Why even include that interlude at all? Like, we know what happened. We were there for that conversation. Also, you're aware that Telemachus hates his mom. Yeah. <laughs> right. Maybe Homer was like, they might have forgotten that he holds his mother in disdain. Let's remind them. I thought this book was pretty boring. Like, not a lot really happens in it. Like, the there's just a lot of back and forth with the suitors. Um, one kind of weird thing that happens is um, Athena causes the suitors to laugh uncontrollably. They cackle. They lose control of their faces. Plates of meat began to drip with blood. Their eyes were full of tears, and they began to wail in grief. Like, so Athena basically makes them cry so hard they lose control of their faces and drip blood everywhere. And blood starts coming out of all the meat. What? It reminds yeah. me of in undergrad. You remember one time? Oh, I remember when we all cried that much. <laughs> well, Stephen was pretending to laugh. <laughs> yes, yes, I do remember this. He was pretending to laugh, and then he, like, it, he couldn't stop, and then it turned into crying. Sobbing. And we thought he was pretending, but then, no, he was, like, actually crying, and then maybe he got into the closet to cry some more, and then when he came out, and we're like, what's wrong? Like, why did you do that? He's like, I have no idea. It was Athena. It was Athena. Yeah, it was Athena. Did you notice that all of the, the meat was running red with blood dripping with blood and rachel's been a vegetarian ever since he's not the only person i've seen do that it's athena hey everyone so we planned to complete the odyssey in this episode but after we got started talking about it we realized it would be way too long so we're gonna take a break here and we'll be back next time with books 20 through 24 